Welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, hosted by four construction pros and covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies, and associations making it all happen. My name is Kurt Bennett, Senior Editor of Equipment Today. And in this episode, Kyle Peter, President, Jacks Incorporated, and Chris Foddy, Technical Director, Jacks Incorporated, will be discussing application and selection of biodegradable hydraulic fluids. These fluids can help protect sensitive areas, but there are performance cost considerations. Let's dig in now. Kyle, let's start with you. Biodegradable hydraulic fluids can mitigate exposure to, hyd- to, hydro- to fines and help protect sensitive areas, but there are performance and cost considerations. In which applications does it really make sense to investigate the application? Yeah, well, I would say in general, you know, there are the lowest common denominator when someone's looking at a fluid is, is it required? Uh, first of all, um, that is, is going to determine what, what fluid you're going to select. Uh, the, the next consideration is, does it mitigate a particular risk uh, for you? Uh, in, in food processing, maybe you need something food safe. If you're by a waterway, perhaps you need something biodegradable. Uh, you know, the third consideration is obviously, does it perform uh, in the application? And then we can get to that cost question and whether the lubricant justifies uh, perhaps a, a, a price premium. Uh, and as you stated, biodegradable lubricants do command a, a price premium over your conventional uh, mineral oil type fluids. And when, when you weigh those things on you know, the requirements, the, the, the risks involved and, and the performance, that's where you can come to your cost justification. There are many types of biodegradable hydraulic fluids available. What should a contractor look for when, he's, when the application is a piece of mobile machinery, such as construction machinery? Chris, do you want to take that one? Yeah, sure. There's a, uh, there's a variety of different base oils that we can choose from. There's vegetable oils all the way through synthetic type products, each with their own performance characteristics. Uh, but ultimately, the performance characteristics of the fluid is going to be the same whether we look at a petroleum-based product or a biodegradable fluid. Um, on the mobile construction equipment, we see uh, higher pressures, higher temperatures, so thermal oxidative stability is going to be important. Uh, also, temp variation, so vegetable oils, for example, uh, can't really handle the, the hot and the cold side. Um, some of the other synthetics that we look at will handle those temperature ranges a little better. Uh, ultimately, what we're trying to do is we're just trying to come up with a product that has extended drain intervals, uh, match the performance characteristics of a petroleum-based product. Okay, uh, are, are these more sensitive to absorbing um, moisture, moisture from the air or are there any other performance differences from the petroleum-based products? Uh, so vegetable-based products and some of the esters that we use do have a tendency to want to hold a little bit more moisture. But again, ultimately coming down to it, um, water contamination is going to be one of the worst things you can have in your hydraulic systems. You're going to see increased amount of wear. You're going to see uh, increased oxidation. And you could potentially see some foaming issues. So what we try to do is we try to formulate products that are going to separate that water out as quick as possible. Um, one of the things with some of the esters and the vegetable-based products is what we call hydrolytic stability. And that hydrolytic stability uh, is kind of a breakdown of the base fluid itself 
where those byproducts after it breaks down can become aggressive towards things like the metallurgy or the fluid itself. Uh, when that breakdown happens, what you get is you get decreased fluid life and decreased component life. And then uh, you, you talked a little bit about there's different levels. I didn't realize you also have synthetic biodegradable fluids as well. Does that offer you greater, greater life expectancy out of the oil or, or greater time till change? Yeah, so, so what we have is vegetable-based products are typically unsaturated products. Mm -hmm. And that unsaturation causes issues with um, uh, water contamination. It, it wants to absorb the water more. And it also wants to get attacked by oxygen so that oxidation protection is, is a concern. When we talk about synthetic ester type products, we are able to manipulate that molecule a little bit to take away some of that sat uh, unsaturation, which makes it a much more stable product. Okay, and it, it sounds like you have a whole stable of products. Are there products that are specifically geared towards the food processing industry versus the mobile hydraulic industry? And how do you determine which fluids are applicable or which yeah, applications? Sure, I, I can take that one. There are a little bit different standards, whether you're talking about food and food processing versus um, biodegradability. Uh, you know, when, when you're looking at food and food production, in some cases, they may want both. They may want something to be certified to a NSF uh, food grade uh, standard and also biodegradability. Uh, however, that's not necessarily always the case when you're working with a mobile piece of equipment. Uh, unless perhaps you're in a cranberry bog or on a farm uh, where you're looking uh, for a food safe lubricant as well. Uh, so lubricants can be one, can be both, or can be neither, just depending on the types of certifications you submit it for. Now, are there different levels of biodegradability in, in terms of application? Yeah, generally when we're talking about biodegradability in this sense, we're talking about things that are readily biodegradable. Uh, now, Chris, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe readily biodegradable means it biodegrades 60% within 28 days of exposure to sunlight. Um, there is also inherently biodegradable, which means it will biodegrade at some point. Um, we don't necessarily know when. Uh, however, generally when we're talking about biodegradable fluids uh, in, in the EPA sense and in the new, regula new regulatory sense, we're talking about readily biodegradable fluids. Are there certain types of products that are more applicable for like if you're working in a wetlands area? You know, I think in wetlands, you're probably looking for something that's going to be readily biodegradable. So mm -hmm. anything that meets that standard and that will fit the um, performance characteristics you need in your piece of equipment. Uh, obviously, for something that has low loads is going to be a little bit different for something that's maybe in a quarry that's crushing rocks uh, that you're going to need some heavier load and higher extreme pressure characteristics. But you know, with biodegradables, as Chris mentioned, there is a suite of products. You have vegetable oils, you have uh, a variety of synthetics that you can employ. Uh, so, you know, like a conventional lubricant, you have your mineral oil-based products, you have your synthetic-based products. There's something similar uh, in the biodegradable realm. Okay, now I know it's early, very early biodegradable products. There was some concerns over CL compatibility. Is that still an issue? And if so, what should you look for to make sure that you have CL compatibility with your mobile machinery? 
Yeah, seal compatibility can be a concern. Uh, again, it's going to be based on which base oil technology that you decide on, um, whether it's vegetable based or some of these synthetic products that we've been talking about. Uh, what, what we've seen is that typically nitrile and Viton seals with most biodegradable products uh, work well. Uh, one thing you can keep in mind is that compatibility testing takes about a, a week. And what we can do is we can determine what happens to that seal when it's, it's exposed to these different base oils. Uh, we can see if it softens, swells, cracks, shrinks. Um, really what you'd want to do is uh, get a hold of the manufacturer of the fluid to understand if they have data behind uh, some of this elastomer compatibility testing uh, and then work off of their recommendations. Okay, and then circling back to one of the concerns of the mobile machine market is the high temperature compatibility. Are there products specifically designed just for the high, high temperature that mobile machines generate? Yeah, so I think on the high temperature side, what you're going to want to do is is probably look for more products that are saturated. So when we talk about these synthetic ester products, uh, products that can handle higher temperatures are going to be the synthetic type um, fluids. Uh, those can typically handle 200 degrees Fahrenheit or above. Um, if we start getting into the unsaturated esters, uh, things like the vegetable oils, uh, they can only handle about temperatures of 150 degrees uh, before they'll start breaking down uh, and causing some issues. Okay. And in, for a contractor who's looking to switch, what, what is involved in switching from a, from a, a typical um, petroleum-based hydraulic fluid? Do you have to flush the system or what steps are required to get to the point where you can integrate a biodegradable fluid? Uh, most of the base oil technologies and additives that are used are going to be compatible between uh, uh, traditional petroleum-based product and a biodegradable product. Now, that is a general rule of thumb. Uh, we can run compatibility testing on that as well. It takes a, uh, about a week uh, just to see if there's any deposit formation, fluid separation, or anything that's going to cause issues in the hydraulic system. But in general, uh, these ester-type products are, are fully compatible with petroleum-based products. However, I would, you know, I would add that typical best practice is to do a full drain uh, and, and replace, as opposed to just topping up when the reservoir is, say, half empty or so. Okay. Now, where, where should a contractor go if he's investigating his different options? What are some good resources for finding out what types of biodegradable options might suit his operation best? Yeah, I would suggest maybe going to some of the trade publications in the lubricant industry. Uh, Lubes and Greases is one uh, that, that publishes a lot of the uh, new articles uh, in the lubricant space. Uh, they also have a lot of the manufacturers uh, listed in their publications. Uh, otherwise, STLE, the Society of uh, Tribological and Lubrication Engineers, or NORIA, just different industry uh, publications. Uh, for us, we have a website, jacks.com forward slash EAL, EAL standing for Environmentally Acceptable Lubricants, but we're one of a multitude of manufacturers of these products. Okay, and is, is it possible, a, a lot of our contractors use oil analysis with these products, is it possible to maintain your oil analysis program that you've already set up? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oil analysis is a great way to expand, uh, expand both your equipment and your fluid life. Uh, traditional oil analysis still works on these fluids. We can run the same test, provide the same results. So it's, it's a great option for the customer. Okay. And can you tell me a little bit about uh, JAX and what you guys offer? Sure. We're, JAX is a um, specialty industrial and food grade lubricant manufacturer. Uh, we offer a wide range of products from, you know, mineral oils through very exotic synthetic type products, uh, both oils and greases. Uh, we operate in both the industrial, heavy industrial space, uh, and also the food grade, biodegradable and regulated uh, industry space. Um, all of our R&D is done in-house. Uh, we have our own uh, IP and we formulate from components uh, uh, to build lubricants from, from the ground up. Uh, we offer oil analysis programs and uh, we love investigating new products and, and pushing the frontier of what we can do with, with lubricants. Okay, and, and to wrap things up here, what advice would you give to a contractor who's considering making a move to a biodegradable fluid? Uh, I would just, you know, I, I would give the advice to, to first check what's out there. Second, talk with the lubricant manufacturer to understand some of the pros and cons uh, of moving over to a biodegradable type lubricant. Uh, you know, if you're operating in an environmentally sensitive area, I would argue that there are more pros than cons, uh, but understand, you know, the base fluids, uh, what you're looking to get out of the fluid, uh, run a little bit of field testing and oil analysis to get comfortable with the fluid, uh, and then make an educated move uh, over to a biodegradable type fluid, if that's the way uh, that you would choose to go. Chris, do you have anything you'd like to add or? Yeah, I, I think the one thing I would like to add to what Kyle had said there is, uh, you know, technology has changed and as biodegradable fluids become uh, a more talked about topic, there's been advancements in our industry to provide higher performing products. Um, I know that initially when we're talking about vegetable oils and the performance, uh, maybe the performance compared to a petroleum based product wasn't there. Now with these different types of synthetics and some of the additives that we can use to provide the protection, uh, I think a, a contractor can definitely uh, have a product that is gonna continue to work as expected in those applications. Uh, are there any downsides other than the cost of using a, a biodegradable product at this point? You know, I would say cost is probably the number one issue that would prevent someone from moving to a biodegradable type product, especially if they're used to cost of conventional mineral oil type products. I mean, they're probably looking, depending on whether it's a gear oil or a hydraulic, you're probably looking at two to three X price when moving to a synthetic ester. Now that doesn't encapsulate cost. Uh, you need to take into consideration the amount of changeovers, uh, the amount of downtime uh, if there's a failure. And as Chris mentioned, you know the, the biodegradable lubricants on the market today, especially if you buy a quality one, uh, are going to be just as good, if not better, performance-wise than a conventional mineral oil type hydraulic fluid or gear oil. Well, thank you guys. I think that pretty much wraps it up. That's it for this edition of Digging Deeper. Thank you to Kyle, Peter, and Chris Vaughn at Jackson Industrial Lubricants for taking time to talk with us today. Tune in every week for another episode of Digging Deeper Podcast by 4 
You keep listening, we'll keep digging. Until next time.